You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with someone who was brought to our attention by a listener. And as soon as I looked at their Instagram, I knew we had to have them on. Their collection is niche, but a part of everybody's lives. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Rebecca Weisberg of Photos Obscura. And it is an impeccably curated collection of photos from the past. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I, I should have asked you before we started if I said your last name correctly. You did. <laughs> I <it>. also <laughs> have my maiden name is Winberg. So huh. when I saw your name, I was like, oh, W. Bergs. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah, that kindred spirit. It's going. not neither one of that's not common on either side. No, it's not. <laughs> did you get a did you get Winberger when you were like a kid and people wanted to tease you? Yep, Winberger, or like we were, uh, Microsoft Word was still, you know, kind of in its infancies, <laughs> and it always autocorrected my fucking last name to Winbag. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I remember Win- sitting, <laughs> yep, yeah, sit with that for a minute. Oh. I remember sitting in, it was at seventh grade typing class, Mrs. Butico first class, and I hear from across the room, hey, Winbag. <laughs> And then fast forward to about 10 years later and I am at a bar oh. and I hear across the bar, oh, hey, windbag. And I was like, mother fuck. You're like, where are you? <laughs> so yeah. What did you, so you would get Weiss, Weissberger. Weissberger. And for some reason it was devastating. You know, now I look back, I'm like, you know, as far as teasing goes, I could have had it a lot worse. <laughs> but at the time I was just mortified. Mm-hmm. And now I get my, my name is Mashburn. So all my loops flipped the other way when I'm writing cursive. Oh, and I get Washburn or Mashburger. The, and I went from being a Reyes, which I got Rays a lot. Yeah. Rays or Reyes or Rees. <laughs> Like, whatever. <laughs> and then I became a Huffman, but I get a lot of Hoffman. Oh, God. People. I just, you yeah. know, and neither one of us have like hard first names to spell. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what makes up for it. <laughs> but I get a lot of like, how do you spell Samantha? No. Yeah. I, is that a T-H-E? That's, well, because where we're from. That's true. In our area, people try to make your first name spelled fancy. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. And so it's really hard. They like to throw in like a silent P or a T or a Z. Yeah. A K in there. Yeah. Could you imagine if many met a K? <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> Pronounce Samantha. Looks like Samantha. That K is silent. <laughs> but as we're uh, talking about our childhoods, I was going over your email that you sent us. We sent an, uh, like a pre-show questionnaire out to every guest because we don't know anything about them. And <laughs> it gets through all the weird bits before we sit down. But there was one thing in your intro that struck me. And it was growing up, there was no collections in your house, right? Yeah, my mom hated clutter. She's all about just like, you know, clean, empty spaces, hates crowds, hates any kind of clutter. And I think it came from her mom. Like, so my grandma was, you know, product of the depression, so saved everything. Like, wasn't quite a hoarder, but 
not that far off. So yeah, we'd go the to our lines house were blurred there. on that. Yeah, <laughs> there would just be stacks and stacks of boxes of all these different random things. She would have like used Ziploc bags that she had washed, like laying out drying so she could reuse them, like little bits of yep. foil, like all of that. So my mom, I think, was just a reaction to that where she was just like, no, we're not saving anything that we don't need. And so I, of course, went back the other way and just wanted to collect everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some a similar kind of thing too. I think my grandmother was such a collector that my mother really pared down and like she has had the same amount of antiques in her house since I was a child as she does now. Like new stuff just doesn't enter the picture. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, I don't my mom understand went like it. back and forth. Like she goes to where she collects a lot and then she like just wipes the slate. We're at the wiping of the slate right now. And so you go into their house and there's like nothing. I'm like, where's the pictures? (laughs) (laughs) So are they ever purging like things you actually want? Does this whole cycle work out well for you? Kind of. Sometimes my mom has some cookware stuff that she, (laughs) she gave me a, um, like an electric skillet that was brand new in the box that she bought like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? she was like do you want this and i'm like yeah i'll take that and my husband's like what are we gonna do with it and i'm like i don't know do you make hash browns i made uh green beans in it uh one of those yeah like the deep ones when you said skillet i should have got yeah sorry that's a southern term anything you can put fry in it's a skillet (laughs) i feel like electronics that although you're just kind of asking to burn your house down like i don't make me nervous uh i grew up with it so It'll be, I guess. Yeah, it does get hot at the connector, though. <laughs> so you have to be. Yeah, be careful. You got to unplug it with a pot holder. Like you have to like turn it off and unplug it, and then wait. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can take it out. It's fine, guys. I'm there the whole time. <laughs> My mom knows, like, because I am a magpie. She knows that if she's getting rid of anything and I catch wind of it, like it has to come home with me. So she does this bait and switch bullshit where like she'll just throw stuff away and then I'll come over and she'll be like, yeah, so I just decided to go through and I'm like, mom, she's like, you didn't need it. You didn't need it. She's saving you some space. It's funny because she doesn't listen to these. So whenever she eventually does listen to these, I'm going to (laughs) get random text messages of her being like, I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't. She's going to call you up and be like, Samantha. I didn't do it on purpose. I don't do those things. (laughs) Was it? So your mom didn't ever, she didn't have any collections whatsoever. Not that I can think of. No, she even got rid of like all of my childhood stuff. Like there's a couple years into college. She was like, you need to come home this weekend because I'm getting rid of everything you ever had, basically. So if you want to save it. And it was all of like my drawings that I had made for her. Like, dear mom, I love you. She was just like, I've seen them. You know, I had my time with them. <laughs> Peace be with you. She She's like, I don't need these anymore. It was fine in the moment, but now we're done. Exactly. It's so foreign to me because i couldn't i couldn't do that if i tried i can't i have a hard time throwing away a handwritten note (laughs) that i could just be like this is nice and then no i keep the ones that are like okay i don't really keep a lot oh good to know i won't put a lot of effort into it (laughs) don't put a lot of effort in your notes just say to to me from you okay all right Well, and you, yeah. so this, this spawned your love of collecting at an early age and you had kind of a ramshackle magpie collector's way also. 
What was it just because you you were the only one keeping things that you were like, and I'll take some of this and some of this and some of that? Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I'm not really sure what spawned it but it was like if you could if I could think of it if I could find it I would collect it I had baseball cards I had coins I had stamps I had dead insects I had porcelain dolls I had random bits of metal that I thought I would like you know make an invention out of or something (laughs) like it was my whole bookshelf was oh fossils was another one like I yeah just like collection 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 it was it was a little ridiculous but i'm also not uh, obscure i was gonna say sam's eyes would get wider yeah i'm like, like it things. was ticking boxes in my head of stuff <laughs> i also did i was like porcelain dolls awesome i had uh my animal for a long time that people got me was frogs and i had a shelf three a three-tiered shelf in my bedroom one was porcelain dolls and then the bottom one was all frog figurines Oh, I thought you were going to say dead frogs. Nope, didn't get dead stuff until I was out of the house. <laughs> dead frogs. Have I didn't been so really much know where this was going. <laughs> it's always that's what I do. I just keep you on your toes. Yeah, I had, and I used to collect the um, those Anne Gettys dolls. What they were those? like, oh, she's a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't realize so she, she did, did dolls. Yeah, so they made dolls of her photography. So. Ann Geddes was, she. I believe she's Australian. We'll fact check it. But she was a, a f- infant photographer, newborn photographer. And all of the pictures of the infants were dressed, Jill's Googling it, were dressed in like uh, animal outfits or bug outfits or flowers or... I was heavy into Ann Geddes for a minute. I think I still have them somewhere in a box. But I had like the calendars, the dolls, um... Yeah, it was. I spent. I remember. I uh, there was a birthday that I got. Oh, there you go. I had what? that ladybug. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm sorry. It was a big into baby dolls. That's what scary. age are we talking? I would say between third and sixth grade. Okay, that's that's a little so, better than so that. No, not as an adult. <laughs> no, no, because like wait a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I remember my sixth birthday. I got a twenty dollar bill, and I made my friends walk to the local store to buy a doll. <laughs> I, sorry, guys, if you're listening, I apologize for that. No, huh? Well. So I get it. I get the weird shit. I got. I covered it. <laughs> I covered it myself. To each his own. <laughs> the frog stuff actually reminds me. My sister, for whatever reason, decided she was going to like turn me into a frog person. I'm not sure why. I think she just thought it was funny. So she started getting me frog stuff for every holiday. I had like frog shower curtain, frog like figurines, <laughs> frog soap dish. And she just kept getting them for me. And it like almost worked. Because then I got to, it got to the point where there were enough where people would come over and be like, oh, you're really into frogs. And I could see the wheels turning. And they were like, I know what to get her now. <laughs> you know? she's the frog girl and so immediately i would just say no (laughs) i didn't choose those i don't want those don't get me more frog life yeah the frog life chose chose you yeah yeah (laughs) my husband is a minimalist in a sense which is unfortunate for him (laughs) because he's married to me but we had when we were living in one of our first places he was he was cleaning while i was at work and i came home (laughs) and he had lined all of the figurines up from like tallest to shortest so my mantle looked like an infantry of frogs (laughs) and he was so proud of himself oh probably was and then you were like no but it looked like i was living in like the book the, the borrowers like they were the frog army 
they were gonna overtake the house it was menacing it was menacing yeah my husband's pretty minimalist kinda he doesn't like the way i put things because (laughs) they don't make sense to him and i'm like no i follow a pattern and he's like no it looks like junk i'm like you know you can take that attitude to the basement. You can go away. I'm fighting <laughs> words, calling your stuff I know, junk, right? Oh, like, I like this junk. <laughs> so when you when you moved out of your parents' house and were beginning to be a little young adult collector, what were you dipping your feet in? What were you bringing home to your new place? At that age, it was mainly clothes, like from thrift stores. I. It was bad. It was just like, any. they were so cheap, you know? And it was like, for the first time, I could like afford something because they were like $3 a pop. So I would just buy armfuls of like vintage t-shirts and like dresses. And like my style um, at that time was, I guess it was more high, more the end of high school, but also a little bit once I moved out, it was, it was really bad. So it was exclusively from thrift stores and it was like little boys, like baseball t-shirts. So these tiny little t-shirts <laughs> with these huge, like old man trousers, a word that I've never been able to say, by the way, trousers. Okay. Um, right. And it was, so yeah, just these like nylon brown pants that were way too big for me. And then these, it was, it was not a good look, but I, it sounds cute. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't that kind of what they do now? The yeah. kids, the kids are doing it. I now. can't keep up with the kids these days. I, I know, neither. like I, I never saw have. a girl. Like I went to the mall the other day. That was dumb, but like she did. She had like a tight little shirt and like these big, huge bell bombing looking pants, but they looked like they were five inches too short. Oh yeah, oh, like no. uh, and like had it... platform boots. Oh, what? So I didn't know to either if I should applaud her like owning it it sounds like a delia's catalog or just just like a uh, polar aside and be like sweetheart i don't know if anybody has told you <laughs> but, but this is a look <laughs> yeah mom don't come at me <laughs> well yeah i uh i did the same thing at thrift stores growing up we shopped there primarily for everything so i used to scour over the boys and teenage boy section looking for graphic t-shirts are you surprised? I had one <laughs> shirt I wore the wheels off of it. And it was an Incredible Hulk shirt. Nice. Oh, that was cute. Like the big gummy letters. Oh, yeah. 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 She's cool. I know. Those are coming. Like, they're trying to make those back in style now. But they don't have the same feel. No. Yeah. It's so is it always? Feel. Yeah. So it was clothing. And then... What I'm getting to basically is I have so many questions about this photography collection. <laughs> She's like trying to lead up to it like I'm like how nonchalantly. <laughs> well, because it's so niche. Like it's a very niche collection. And, you know, it's one of those things where we're doing this show and finding out about people's collections and the things they do. It's opening my eyes to stuff I never thought could be collected, even though that sounds really silly. And your collection of it is absolutely incredible. So I want to know, like, when did photography start to come onto your radar as interesting? Yeah, I think it was about six and a half, six, maybe six or seven years ago. Um, it wasn't on my radar either as like anything you could collect. Like I was right with you. Um, and I was going, I was planning a trip to Paris 
um, with my boyfriend at the time. And I am like obsessive about research when I travel. I'm very type A. I want to know about every place I could possibly want to go because my nightmare is that I'll come home from the trip and then read about something that I wanted to go to and just be devastated because I missed my chance. So mm-hmm. I have this like very elaborate system of color coded index cards or like, you know, divided by region and type of attraction. <laughs> like, I'm really um, glad I'm not the only one that does that kind of stuff. I'm the same way. Like I have to play, but I will give us like a relaxation day. So I will like, <laughs> I'll plan when we can relax, <laughs> but I do the same thing. It Like my husband doesn't mind it because I make sure we do all the fun stuff. And then like I send out text messages to everybody that I've known been there and I'm like, okay, what did you do that you liked? And what did you do? That was the dumbest thing. And you never want to do it again. So I avoid that. That's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, to ask that. Because I feel like there's so many things that are overrated and you don't realize. You're just like, oh, everyone does this. I have yeah. to do it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad I am not the only one. <laughs> no. Trips to death. You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's, anyway, so yeah, so I was I was doing all my research, you know, just like scavenging everywhere for places I might want to go. And I stumbled on this little blurb somewhere about this store in Paris that sold nothing but vintage snapshots. And oh. I was just like, what? Like, what is this? And it just, yeah, it had never occurred to me that that was a thing. Immediately, I was like, I have to go there and see what this is all about. So I made it a point to go there, um, spent like way too long I think like two or three hours just like pouring through the photos and you know bought a handful and from then on I was hooked I came home and that was all I wanted to do so immediately I started going to flea markets and antique stores and looking everywhere for you know these photos and and yeah I haven't stopped since wow oh that's awesome well because if, if you've ever spent time in any type of antique store and we've talked about it on previous episodes you always come across pictures and tin types and stuff that was left behind but the stuff you're seeing in an antique store is like probably really old like late 1800s to the 20s yeah tin type you're not seeing really interesting life history no it's all very still motion yeah and it's you know it's traceable i guess like portraits or different stuff like that but um we've ordered some packages from um, different types of dealers that since we started the show and they, a couple of them include vintage photographs in with their packages as extras. Nice. So I started to get like Kodachromes and old black and white mm-hmm. photos. Yeah. And I, now I see the slippery slope that you started <laughs> on <laughs> because it feels, you know, and we've, we've talked about too, of like the peeping aspect of like when somebody uh, has their lights on at night and their windows are open. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't help but look to see like what's going on mm-hmm. in that house. And I feel like looking through photos that you know, nothing about is very much that the cover, it scratches that voyeurism itch. Absolutely. I've always been fascinated by like the minutia of other people's lives for whatever reason. Like I always try to eavesdrop on their conversations or like, yeah, peek at what they're, you know, texting on the train, like all these things and photos for sure do that. I know that there's some people who collect who really want 
to have all the information about the photo. Like they love it if it's ID'd and they can look up like the genealogy of the people in the photo. And that's just not, I don't know, for whatever reason, it doesn't interest me as much. Like I like the mystery behind snapshots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause then you can kind of imagine, you know, your own story to it. And that's part of the fun for me. Yeah. And there's, you know, I was thinking about the questions I wanted to ask you and there's just like a hundred thousand of them. Cause it is to, I am curious by nature and will be curious until the day I die. Like I, Either I'm going to make the story up about something, I'm going to create a fantasy about it, or I'm going to figure out if there is any type of information about it, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And I was looking over your website and your Instagram and some of the photos, and you say in the description of your website that the photos will stay with you long after you look at them. Like there's a haunting aspect to them in a good way. Mm -hmm. And also some of them are like, oh, my God, like this is a little nefarious. This is a little maybe like a serial killer. Like, do you ever wonder if you've come across any type of photos that have that type of background? Like there's, you know, I listen to a lot of true crime and there's uh, uh, documented cases of serial killers taking pictures like BTK and different things like that. Like, do you ever wonder if you've come across anything like that? I mean, I wonder about every scenario. Sure. It's, you know, that's kind of the exciting part of it is you don't know their history. And it's like, you can imagine something terrifying. You can imagine something beautiful. Um, And that's, what's really interesting. I, you know, I started posting them on Instagram not long after I started collecting. And it's really interesting to see the different ways people respond to things. Like I'll post a photo of two people kissing and I'll think it's the most romantic, sweet, like old fashioned, tender hearted thing in the world. And, you know, I'll get five other comments that are like, oh, this is so romantic. I love it. And then you'll get like three other people who are like, this is so creepy. Look at the way he's grabbing her. Like it's, yeah. So everyone kind of brings their own perspective perspective to these photos like psychoanalyzing it from like armchair instagram warriors yeah which is sometimes (laughs) fun and interesting and sometimes really exhausting yeah (laughs) yeah i bet especially when you do put up a photo thinking oh this is so lovely and then somebody just is like nose dives it into like black world or whatever i don't know do you know do you get a feeling in your gut when you post certain ones or are there certain ones you won't post to instagram yes because of that yeah. Yeah. They're just, I am really hypersensitive to criticism. So mm-hmm. I've just like gotten to the point after a few years of doing it where if it, there's something that I think might be controversial, I just don't post it because I just don't have the headspace for it. Like I can't, it just gives me too much anxiety if, you know, yeah. someone might. T- and of course, still sometimes I'm surprised. Like there's something where I think no one could possibly have a problem with this. And then <laughs> lo and behold, right. it's social media. You know, someone's <laughs> always going to have a problem with something. Yeah, we struggle with that every week when the show comes out. Like we still, you know, even though we're the ones doing the interview, we both still get very nervous before like everything turns on and starts recording. We're both just like, okay, I'm the one that's always like, oh, God, why did I say that? I call listen to it. I'm like, that is the stupidest thing that it could have came out of your mouth. Yeah, living. Yeah, living out loud like that is it's uh. I'm just an anxious person by nature. So it's, it's like a true testament. And like, well, I'm like very introverted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, don't talk to me about it after it comes out. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I wonder about um, in these photos, like we take, you know, we're in such a heavy image world now. I mean, everybody's taking pictures of every thing and I'm sure at some point it's going to become harder and harder to find physical photographs. Yeah, because I, you know, I grew up with photo albums in my house, 
but do I have any in my house outside of like my phone or my computer? Not that I've put together. I found my wedding album. Oh, that count. Do I, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I think it counts. Yeah, no, I feel like in a lot of ways, like we're kind of the last generation that really are, are producing these things. Like, I, yeah. you know, for me, at least through high school, I was taking photos and getting them developed and having that tangible object. And after that, it stopped. And I, I feel like it did for kind of everyone in this this sort of generation and it is it's sad to think that there's this this thing that just probably will no longer exist anymore and there is this finite amount of them um Mm -hmm. but in a way that also just makes them even more precious well and there's also you know i remember now especially having like been on social media for such a long time you have your facebook memories or whatever the fuck and you see the pictures for like 10 years ago and they're all grainy because technology's advanced Mm -hmm. and the pixel width can't keep up but old photos don't have that problem because it's uh, it's a very linear type of thing. Photography, it kind of stays the same outside of like tintypes and whatever. But yeah, it's, I never actually sat down and thought about this aspect of it. I was going to say, that's very deep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My brain just went down it. You do see sort of like the evolution though, like in the different, like the formats and, you know, this just the sizes of the photos and like, you know, when the switch from black and white to color came and in the sixties, they were, they were all like kind of square and three and a half inches and then it got bigger. And it's, it is kind of interesting to see the way that photography evolved over the past century. And in the seventies, for whatever reason, the quality just went, just nosedived. I have no idea why, but like those photos look mostly grainy to me, like even the physical yeah. ones. Yeah, they're not well done, like uh, in the longevity sense of it. And it's it's interesting to see a photo from, you know, black and white photo from the 30s or 40s. That's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because they were all fucked up. <laughs> so they couldn't take a clear picture. Too much <laughs> They're <coke>. actually like <laughs> shaking. <and it's laughs> like, they're like, stand still. I'm like, I am. I am. It's my hands. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And also, I always think that like those all those photos from the seventies are like faded, but also it was just really brown decades, so it might just be that. Yeah, that's true too. It was a very, very brown. obviously look at my basement. I mean, <laughs> it is very brown down here. This is all this is naughty pine paddling, babe. The real stuff <laughs> that they you take vintage to a whole new level. I live it. I breathe it. It's my life. I admire your dedication. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I gotta, you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk. (laughs) And if you're going to like vintage and not have this in your basement, then get out. I know when I uh, built my house, a couple of people are like, Ooh, so are you remodeling an old home? And I was like, no, I'm building a brand new home. No, I'm not remodeling. (laughs) They're like, Oh, I would have thought you would have bought like a cute little vintage house. And I'm like, no, also, the market here is crazy right now. No, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not handy. No. So, no. That's why you're friends with me. That's right. <laughs> we have the best of both worlds. Yeah. And my house is now too old that if I start a project, I got to have at least 10 grand. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it was built in the 50s. So it's like, I, uh, oh, yeah. You sure you want to change that? Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you took, uh, you did photography. Do you still take pictures? Do you still have that as a hobby? Or was that like, I'm in high school and I'm angsty and I'm going to take pictures of stuff? Oh, definitely the latter. <laughs> Same. A lot of Same. like, you know, pictures at the cemetery, like thinking I oh, was yeah. very <laughs> deep, yes. that kind of thing. Uh huh. Uh. <laughs> I never did that. No? 
Oh, let's do it. Time. I was yeah. going to say, I feel like I'm out of the Field group trip. now. Field trip. <laughs> well, we, I had, you can both be thankful you didn't live through the MySpace angles as like, you know, like taking the pictures from way up here oh. and like the peace sign and like something written on your hand. I you write I stuff on your some hand. Of that. Okay. Because that was what you did. You wrote like RAR or something on your hand. I'll show you. We'll Google it. I after. mean, I remember having a MySpace page, but I don't really remember doing anything with the MySpace page. You just missed it. <laughs> you just. I just remember there was that one guy. Tom. And he was everybody's friend. <laughs> oh, yes. Tom. Good old Tom. Good old Tom with the white board. <laughs> yeah, with like the white shirt. He's yeah. Like that. <laughs> that was. Okay. So for those of you that don't know what the scene era was, oh, let me explain it. So there was, it was, MySpace was like the Mecca. MySpace and LiveJournal were like the first curated communities of things outside of your hometown. Like you could find other weird goth kids or scene kids or whatever. Like it was the first kind of opening to the rest of the world on the internet. But they were highly personalizable. Person? What? Did I have a stroke? (laughs) You could personalize the shit out of them. Okay. So uh, my generation learned how to code to make their MySpace page look like they were fucking popular. So you could have like the glittery. I just feel like I'm digging myself in this deeper cringe hole. We're just aging Anyways, right now. So you could have music that would play. Oh, I do. You had a top that. eight, and then you could like fight with your friends if you moved one of them off of the top eight. Oh, I remember the top there eight. There you go. See? I don't remember who was in my top eight. It's okay. They probably don't either. So, anyways, that's what I spent my free time doing smoking underage and <laughs> coding like a tiny hacker. Okay. We all have our things. Oh, I'm going to go. You guys finish this up. I'll be back. Are you done, Sam? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You've exposed yourself Great, cut that. No, keep it. Put some shame music behind while I'm talking, please. Some slow shame. I know. Rebecca and I are just like, "Mm mm-hmm. I know. I feel like I'm talking to my older sisters. Be like, guys, push my glasses up. You don't get it. Okay? Mom said you had to take me to the mall. Okay. No, I must. I must have been like on the tail end. You guys both were. I think so. Yeah, I tried You're just to go a couple there with years you. older than her. <laughs> oh, see, it's fine. I'll I'll carry that load for all of us. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Rebecca and I were busy doing other stuff. I guess being a fucking adult. You guys were in <laughs> high school and had no time. No, you would have been out of high school. You would have been in college. Yeah, I yeah. see. I was busy taking college courses, taking body shots. No, I was busy partying. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Anyways. So there, that was my angst. Of, and the, the only reason I started that was taking fucking stupid pictures. <sighs> you know, I wonder why I do this show every week when I divulge that shit. Like, mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. Okay. My internet's cutting out. <laughs> so now in the... <laughs> we'll get this back on track. Bye. Just expressing, you know, the first stage of admitting your Any faults. who. Anywho, but I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, we, we've forgotten in this modern age how sentiment used to form itself around a lot of the stuff we did and taking photos held a lot of different meaning for a lot of different people. 
And I want to know, like, where where do you because I feel like now you're like their caretaker and their rescuer because you're truly finding the photos that people wouldn't probably keep or they would throw away or, you know, they'd find in their wall and be like, well, this is weird. Let's get rid of it. Where are you finding the stuff that you curate and sell? Wherever I can. It used to be mainly flea markets um, and then some antique stores, Um, even if the antique store was almost all, you know, super old stuff. For some reason, most of them would have just like this little tin with random snapshots from like the 50s or 60s. So I just kind of pace around looking for that little tin (laughs) and like opening every little tin in there. (laughs) There it is. Exactly. But um, they were all just stacked on top of each other. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah, Yeah. they have like multiple. Um, But yeah, since COVID, it's become a lot more difficult. It's, you know, the flea markets weren't running for a while. And I'm not even sure if they're back up. Um, And then, you know, shopping is is obviously tricky to do. So Mm -hmm. I've switched to mostly looking online, which is not as satisfying, you know, let's be honest. It's I'm on eBay and Etsy and, you know, things like that. And it's just, I really miss the the physicality of it, the, you know, leafing through hundreds of photos and just the feeling them in my hand, like the whole tactile element is gone. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so I'm very much looking forward to getting back out there. Um, you know, hopefully this spring, summer life will be back to normal. (laughs) Right. And I can continue the real hunt. Yeah, it's weird to think of how abnormal this year is and when you start to break it down into the little things that you always did that are no like I haven't stepped foot in an antique store this year Mm -mm. and done more online shopping for antiques or vintage than I ever have. Yeah, and I have too. And I'm like you, it's not the same Mm -hmm. because I almost like anytime I buy, because I do have a couple people that I do rely on and I know they're legit. But if I've bought somebody from somebody I don't know, I always hold my breath until I get the item because mm-hmm. it's like, is that just a good fake or is it yeah. like a real antique? Cause sometimes they don't know what they have and they'll price it super cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Oh man, I just became a sucker. I just know it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Damn it. That happened a couple times. <laughs> Do you have people that now that they know that you collect photos and it's so like, I mean, cause your Instagram is very popular. Do you have people that like send you photos or offer to send you photos or try to sell you photos? Yeah, occasionally. Um, I I buy things really selectively, so it's always kind of tricky. Like I don't ever want to hurt someone's feelings. Right. So when they reach out and ask if I buy, I'm like, well, yes. But then I'm always afraid I'm not going to want anything. And so sometimes I end up buying things I don't really want just because I feel bad. I'm like, <laughs> well, like, they took all the time to send me this. I have to at least buy one from them. Um, yeah. And then just recently I had someone um, just send me some because that they didn't have a use for, um, which was really, really nice. They you know, were someone who had bought from me and they reached out and they were like, I have these photos. I just, you know, I'm not looking to sell them. I just want to give them to you so you can find them a new home, which was really sweet. Um, so sweet. that just That's happened cool. for the first time. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to sort of find this community of people who appreciate the same things that I do. Yeah, it feels very nice. I joined an ephemera group and photo group this year and a couple different online antique auction stuff. And there was one I've never bought photos before ever until we started the show. And I'm an avid gardener and they posted this beautiful like five by eight photo of these two women sitting in this overgrown garden at a cast iron table, like the really ornate table and chairs, just so chuffed and pleased with themselves. But the garden looks a little rough. <laughs> big jungle yeah it's really overgrown like a rose garden like it's uh, it's modeled after a french garden for sure Mm -hmm. 
and then it's them and then the next two pictures are the cameraman moving further away from them so you get the long tunnel vision of the garden and then they included extras it was a lot and i got um pictures of probably what would you say the 50s yeah i would yeah of um in egypt at the pyramids but it's just like regular like grandparents you know traveling in egypt like my grandparents (laughs) never went to egypt like yeah thing back then they would have never you know and do you find that like do you um like you'll get a lot and then you'll like oh they just send you a bunch and you're like i don't really want all this but then you find like that one that's like okay that's super cool i'm glad you sent me all that now yeah i try to avoid like buying or acquiring lots for that reason is like there's typically like one or two that i want and 10 that i don't and i just don't have the space uh for the things that i don't want it's it's not like i'm gonna throw them away like i have way too much you know respect for them as objects but i don't know what to do with them and so i have right now oh man i'm looking at the stack of six boxes (laughs) and she's looking Uh, up 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 (laughs) six boxes right now of photos that i don't actually want that like i would happily give away but i don't have anyone to give them to at the moment so i'm just holding on to them until like the right time comes so yeah that is definitely a a hazard of the trade Yeah, yeah, I could see that. There's definitely there's things that I buy like grab bag wise or things at estate sales mm-hmm. that you just want that little item. Yeah, and it's in a big. Like box it's of like stuff. how the Goodwill does like the the wall of bags with all the shit in it. Yeah, <laughs> I was there earlier this year and there was a, I don't know if it's Bakelite but it's old. It's a rooster, a kitchen clock, with glow in the dark dial. It's so cute. It's the only fucking thing I wanted, and it was in the bag with like broken ladles and a measuring cup oh, i like how they put it with broken <sighs> that's what they do because they're like I, we got to get rid of all this stuff let's put one they're like good i don't want to get rid of it because somebody could probably use it i'll just put it in this bag right do you do you struggle i well i, I know the answer to this i think i know the answer to this question because it seems to be a common thread with collectors of a finite thing do you struggle with what to keep for your own collection and what to sell or has your own collection become so paired like you know exactly what you're after? No, it's so fluid. Like things Ugh. cross back and forth between like my inventory and my collection constantly. Like I'll yeah, I'll buy something thinking I'm going to sell it and then all of a sudden I can't bear to part with it, so I put it in my collection and then every, you know, year or so I'll look at my collection and there'll be some things there I'm like, "Why do I have this? Like this isn't anything special." So then I put it out into the inventory and, you know, let it go to a new home. So, yeah, it's it's tricky knowing, you know, sort of where to draw that line. Have you sold some stuff where you're like, "Oh, crap, I shouldn't have sold that one." Oh yeah, for sure. Like I try to put them out of my mind because otherwise I'll just <laughs> fixate on it. But there are some crazy. that I, yeah, like years later, I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> Especially because like when you're first starting out, you don't really know what's rare. Like you don't really know what's really special because you, you know, you haven't seen that many. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started my photos, there were so many where I was like, I've never seen a picture of someone on a toilet. This is crazy. And then, you know, six months later, I'm like, I've seen 300 pictures of people on toilets. <laughs> like, why do I have these? So over time, like my eye has definitely evolved and there's just, there's things 
it's yeah, that's it's harder, I think, for me to be like really blown away by photos now. Um, but it makes it even more exciting when I am because when I see something, I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for six years. I've never seen something like this, like this I have to keep. Um, so yeah, when I was first starting out, I definitely let go of things that, you know, now I wouldn't. Wow. That's just, I love that description of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because really you, it's like a grab bag every time. I'm sure you never know what you're going to stumble across. And I'm sure you've seen every pair of boobs and genitals you could ever come across <laughs> because that's like what everybody takes a picture of at some point in their life, whether they get it printed or not, <laughs> you know, and I just wonder about these 80 year old women who wake up at three in the morning and they go, where's my, <laughs> oh my God. When the kids cleaned out the house, they found dad and I swinger box. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. She's from the Midwest, but I know, don't you know? Don't you know? Oh God. They're going to know that that guy wasn't their uncle. We just, oh God. Yeah, I think there's this misconception that, like, you know, in the 50s, people were totally puritanical and, like, none of that was going on. It's like, oh, no, there is so much of that. Like, yeah, I can't count how many, you know, naked lady photos I've seen from that time. They were a lot braver than us because they had to send those fucking things off to get printed. true. And processed. I wonder if they didn't think about it. They just were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a picture and then send it off. And they'd be like, I don't know how this happened. It's magic. I don't know. Some guy in a dark room. Woo. Jeez. (laughs) He's like developing like the family picture. And then the next one is like, oh, God, there's mom. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, that actually got me in trouble once. I so I was scouring Craigslist. This is when I look. I lived in LA, and I was looking for you know people with old photos for sale. And so I saw an ad, and someone said, "Hey, you know, I'm cleaning out my neighbor's house, and he has a ton of dirty old photos." And I was like, "Does he mean dirty like dusty or dirty like <laughs> oh. erotica? I'm not sure, but either way, you know, why not? You gotta me... find out <laughs> exactly." But he lived like an hour away, and I was afraid someone was gonna snoop in because you know how Craigslist is. It's like whoever gets there first. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna take a leap of faith on this. Never done it before. Never done it since, and you'll hear why. Um, oh God! So I just emailed him. I said, I will take them. Just hold them till this weekend. So when I can come get them, I will pay your full price. Like I will buy all of them. And so he's like, okay, great. And then um, he messages me like a day or two later. Um, and he's like, so how big is your car? Oh, God. And that was my first hint that like this was, I was kind of in over my head. And uh, he's like, because, you know, there's, there's a lot. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, well, I'm sure I can make it work. And so I, you know, emptied out my car and I show up. And it was literally like a garage full, like boxes and boxes and boxes. And uh, so I filled up my oh, trunk. I filled up my back seat. I had boxes on my lap. <laughs> And then they, and there was still more he, and, and he was like, I'll, I'll bring them to you. And I was like, no, you really don't have to. Like, I think this is, this is plenty. Whatever's in these boxes. I'm sure this is enough. And he's like, no, 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 I'll bring them to you. What's your address? So he shows up with even more. So it literally fills my living room. There's like boxes stacked, like taller than me. And so I finally start going through them and they were, uh, photos, Let's see how I can say this. So basically oh it was porn someone had found online in the 90s and printed out onto photo paper. And he must have spent like thousands Ooh. of thousands of dollars wow. on photo paper because that's how many they were. But that was what 
that was what all of them were. Like I couldn't use oh. a single thing. I was like, I don't want these. Like these are nowhere near what I collect, oh what I God. sell. It was, yeah, it was just so much like nineties fake boobs. Like, and just, it was. <laughs> <laughs> disappointing so I ended up with like a room full of porn I was like what am I gonna do with this was this I wonder if he was doing this pre Y2K like he was like the internet is everything's gonna gonna fucking implode and porn's gonna be gone forever I need to archive the complete history of internet (laughs) porn in 1999 (laughs) oh no which just sounds very blonde and shiny Oh, wow. Oh, your whole living room, though, full. You're probably on a list. Right? Oh, man. No, there was like... Oh, God. And some of it was weird. Some of it was like... I want to say orcs. Is that some kind of monster from movies? Yeah, yeah. The ring stuff. There was some like orc porn or some kind of goblin. I don't. I don't know. I'm not the expert on like fantasy. But we'll get <laughs> one in for the curio corner, guys. Oh god! Wow! <laughs> oh hell! So he really was like, somebody's going to be into this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy I got it from, it was his neighbor, I guess, who had recently passed away. And so this guy was, you know, helping his family clear it out. And he was like, I don't want his kids to know that he had a room full of porn. So he was doing like his due diligence and helping like, so the family's like, holy shit, dad was a dirty old bastard. (laughs) Watch one of them (laughs) listens to the show. Right. And they're like, hey, mom. Um, so we just found out, you remember all those boxes in the garage and dad told you not to look at them? I think it was orc porn. (laughs) (laughs) And that was supposed to be my inheritance. Oh, yeah. Dad said it was like Beanie Babies. That's what he was doing as he's praying. He's like, this is going to make me millions. I know it right now because the internet's going to go out and I'll be able to sell this. I will have the the corner on porn. The the, yeah, corner, porner, porner. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you with uh, making sure you know what you're buying. So I'm assuming you, you came up with a little bit better of a vetting process uh, after that. Yeah, mainly I stayed away from Craigslist. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, That's smart for everybody. Well, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it looks it's like it was made in MS-DOS. Like it's still pretty old school format. It is. Considering what the world has come to. So what, uh, it seems like a great time to ask, what tips and tricks do you have for people that want to collect old photos? (laughs) 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 Any Um, do's and don'ts you want to cover or, you know? Stay away from Craigslist. That's a big don't. That's my number one tip. (laughs) Stay away from Craigslist. Work porn doesn't resell well. Got it. (laughs) Uh, what I ended up doing with it was I just uh, got a bunch of like priority flat rate boxes and packed them up and sold them on eBay until I had made my money back. So at least I wasn't losing money. Oh, and then I threw them the rest away, but I was afraid I was going to like end up on some list. So I would wait until after dark the night before trash pickup day. And I would walk down to the alley around the corner from my house, and, like throw a couple boxes in. And I did that <laughs> once a week for like four months until it was finally four months. Oh my Holy God. Shit. Um, I gotta know. What? <laughs> What did that eBay description sound like? I tried to be completely upfront because I was like, I don't want anyone else going through what I went through. So it was just straight up like 90s porn photo bulk lot. Like it was it was something <laughs> like that. Buy it now. Exactly. Um, oh, no. But anyway, sorry. Back to tips and tricks. That's not one of them. <laughs> um, be honest. Honesty. 
<laughs> yeah, honesty is the best policy. Oh, my word. <laughs> I would say the main one is just follow your gut. Like everyone's, you know, kind of eye is different. Everyone's um, interests are different. And, you know, so there's some photos that I see and I know that other people would love it, but it just doesn't speak to me. And so mm-hmm. I leave it where it is and I leave it for someone else to find it. Um, you know, we all, everyone who collects photos kind of has their niche. Like I, you know, look for photos of this or that. And so I say just, you know, kind of follow your passion, just collect what speaks to you. And then, and I think like, especially when you're starting out, you may not even realize what it is you're collecting. And over time you'll see themes emerge. Like that's what happened with me. Like I didn't set out to, you know, collect A, B or C. I just like got what I liked. And then eventually I sat down to organize it and I was like, Oh, okay. So I guess I collect this and I guess I collect that. So yeah, I think just kind of go with what speaks to you. Be patient. You know, there's, it can be sometimes hard to find these things, especially good ones. It's, it can be really, um, discouraging when, you know, I spend an hour looking through photos and I don't find any that I want. Um, but you know, the next time you go out, you might find 50 that you love. So, yeah, it seems like, especially as you know, there's still, um, a lot of people alive from the, like even the thirties that are still holding on to their family photo collections. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, realistically, you're looking at, what, 50 or 60 more years of these collections being turned over yeah, back into the world to, to be looked at and um, hopefully not thrown away. And then when our kids get our stuff, they'll be like, why in the hell did they collect all these photos? Oh, I know. Right. What in the hell am I supposed to do with this? I did. I did. We talked about it in an upcoming episode or it's already come out. I'm not sure. But um one of uh, a lady we've had on the show before has these putz houses that have uh, faces inside the windows. And oh. I thought, well, this would be such a great way to use Kodachrome photos in a putz house because they're small and square and you have to be illuminated to see them. Oh, mm-hmm. So I think I if you have any cool Kodachromes, that's what you can do. Send them away. I love that idea. <laughs> that is so cool. So do you ever, I know you sell like prints and different things. What is your process for that? Do you make a print of every photograph you sell or just certain notable ones? Just certain ones that are like in my collection that I I can't bear to part with, but I think they're like too good to keep to myself. Basically, I'm just like, this would look amazing blown up and this would look amazing on other people's walls. And I feel like it should be out there in the world. Um, And so those ones I'll just kind of do a test print that's like eight by 10 and see if it really does look good blown up. There's been some major disappointments, things that I was really excited about, but they just didn't work. You know, they were too grainy or whatever when they mm. got bigger. So, um, you know, if I decide that it, it holds up, then I go ahead and I, um, add it to the website and hopefully other people like it as much as I do. Well, I think that you've done a really good job so far. Cause I was pouring over your website before we sat down today oh. and I was like, Oh my God, there's so many pictures in here. I need to buy. I know, so. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Jill step back. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that fake shopping where I'm like, I'm just going to click add to my basket on everything. And then I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. I should just not just like delete it. all. <laughs> It's smart that you delete it. Like my thing that always kills me is the websites that email you. Like, I think you forgot something because I constantly just like put things in my cart and then come to my senses. I'm like, I don't need this and I can't afford this. And yeah, just like the like weird, like, by the way, no, or like after the third time, you're like, all right, I do need it. You're right. I got (laughs) an Instagram ad reminder from a website. Oh, no. 
like I, you know, you click through the link in somebody's bio to go to their website and looked at some different stuff and then get distracted. And then I was back in the app a day or two later and, and a fucking ad came up that was like, hey, I think you forgot something. And I was like, stop listening. Wiretap. I get it. However, I grabbed my husband's phone and I just kept saying coach. <laughs> so he'd get the get the hint. I told him like a couple of, I was like, hey, coach outlets having a sale. Um, if you need to get me a Christmas present. He's like, that's so weird. It popped up on my face. Weird. <laughs> like, oh my god, I don't know. It like it knows oh what I want. <gasps> but he did it back to me, so then it wasn't so fun. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. That's what husbands and wives do now. They talk to each other's phones to get ads on their Instas. This is true. <laughs> That's a good tip. That's what I'm going to start doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Well, speaking of um, random things we look into, it is time for my favorite uh, part of the show. I hate this part. This is Jill's favorite. She it, loves it so uh, much. She looks forward to it every week. This is, and you've listened to an episode, so I'm just going to explain this for the people that are just joining us today. On every episode of the Mothball Prophecies, uh, we write, I write, a, we, we do <laughs> not. Tell me. We write an imaginary estate sale walkthrough. Estate sales used loosely. It's a sale of some kind. But the thing is, this estate sale has everything you could ever want or desire. If you think, well, if it was between this and this, I'd choose this. That's definitely the choices that are there. If it's all your favorite stuff that you could ever want in the world. It and gives I, me such heartburn. Yeah. Well, I'm just making sure your organs are okay. The old ticker is still working. <laughs> so we walk through a couple different scenarios. And in each scenario, there is multiple options. One to two to four, depending. And you can only pick one. It's fake people and you'll regret it every <laughs> time. Yes, you will. So today we are on the hunt in North Dakota. We're traveling Whoa. through on our way to the great antique sales of the Midwest. COVID's done. We can be in close quarters. We're hugging Maskless. each other. <laughs> Open mouth kissing. Everything's <laughs> happening. Sharing drinks. That's right. Chapstick. <laughs> we made a little Saturday morning pit stop at a church rummage sale. Ooh. And as we all know, church rummage sales have everything. I'm already regretting that. All right. We parked. It's a little foggy this morning. We walk into the main doors and we turn into the crying room or the mother room. And we begin to pick over the various piles. There is piles of old dress patterns, vintage and antique, or a set of 1920s paper dolls that have been unopened. What do you pick? What are you picking, Rebecca? Paper dolls, hands down. Oh. I think I might... Uh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the patterns oh i know that's you surprising <laughs> one I, day i'm gonna learn to sew uh, yes we'll teach you <laughs> spell check will teach you i am going to go with the paper dolls also yeah i could see you totally picking they'd be really cool displayed oh that's right sorry jill <laughs> The next room we go into is the sanctuary, and in the room it is lined with tables of donated things from the parishioners. There's one table that catches our eye because it's filled with, you guessed it, photos. None of these boxes have been gone through. We start to pick through the photos and start to find some interesting bits of history. We stumble upon a stack of photos of an early drag show from the 70s, or there is a choice of photos from a nude beach from a vacation. <sighs> Which ones do you pick? That's a little harder, but it's got to be the drag show for me. The nude beach, like, I, there's, 
Yeah, I'd worry about like privacy implications of like people who didn't know they were being photographed. Sure. Um, oh, and, and I just you know, love a good drag queen. Yeah, same. Well, that and you had a full base or house full of <laughs> porn pictures. Garage so. full <laughs> of nineties. So. Uh, oh no. Uh, I. Ooh. I'm gonna go with the nude beach. <gasps> oh. I'm gonna go. With I the, know the drag show. We'll we'll split it. Yeah, we'll, we'll split it 50 50. <laughs> we'll dump the boxes out and do like a hungry, hungry hippo type <laughs> thing. Just trying to grab everybody that we can. Okay, the last uh, table we come to to look through is various bits of personal history that have long since been forgotten at the bottom of the box. There are stacks of letters postmarked from 1915 through 1922 or postcards strictly from world war two to choose from which lot do you pick you're not you're not sorry you should be i i can see you writing it like giggling evilly like (laughs) you won't know what to pick yep no they're hard every week to write i don't know i know just because i know that the world war two ones are going to be interesting but i feel like there's so much documented history about that time frame I know that I like the aspect of the Snoopy side of the 1915 to 1922 because it's like more everyday life and like people probably talking shit about each other in letters, which I love. <laughs> this one's so hard. I mean, I feel like I would have to like read one or two postcards, read one or two letters, and then base it on like which one had like more salacious content. Yeah, I know. Ooh. We got the day to spend. We're staying in North Dakota. We're in. You f- were just staying here for the day. There's some great sales happening. We got a brunch spot we got to hit up. <laughs> so really what you're saying is hurry your ass up and make no, a choice. No, we got time. We got time. No, we got to get uh, those Bloody Marys. Uh, I know. We, we got to get to brunch. brunch. We're need... here at the opening of the sale. I'll we didn't you. fuck around. <laughs> yeah, what I are guess you going I'll take for? the postcards because they're just more compact. I guess. She's not happy with the choice, but she made it. <laughs> she didn't look pleased. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'll go. God, blessed America! I hate you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the postcards. Ah, oh. just because my husband's grandpa was in World War II. Oh, that'd be yeah, yeah. Well, and it's okay. So, in all fairness, when I write this every week, I always think that one of the questions is going to be harder than the other, and then it always turns out to not be the one I thought was going to be hard. No. So there's that. Little Good bit. job, Sam. <laughs> So much regret right now. So I know. I'm sorry. Well, it's not real. Watch my our level of hell is going to be my level of hell. That is what's going to happen. It's going to be having to pick. It's going to be having my... to be like one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Miss. Will you tell us where to find all of your stuff? Where do our listeners find Photos Obscura? Yes. So uh, my website is www.photosobscura.com, and my Instagram is photos obscura on instagram and those are the best places and we of course will have those linked like we always do in uh, today's instagram post as well as our website the mothballprophecies.com and to find out more about photos obscura and the interesting things we covered in today's episode stay tuned for the curio corner that was probably I, w- I don't want to say favorite, but she was, <laughs> Rachel was another listener submitted 
guest recommendation that we had yeah, and received. Good job on that one, guys, too. Like, you guys are rocking it. You guys are doing great. Thanks for doing the heavy lifting for us. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any more, let us know. Yeah, send them our way in our DMs. And one of the things that I love about our show and what it's doing, like for you and I, is it's like this magical thing happens where these items that seem to be of little importance are actually very important now to us. Like tonight, Jill and I went to an estate sale in town, the first one of the year. And how many times do you think we went through that house before we left? Oh, probably like we were in each room for, I'd say three times. Yeah. Like looping. And and each time we were in a room, we found something that we had overlooked the time before and we were following our own advice of checking under the tables and looking on top of shelves yeah and this one was i mean it was a smaller town home and um it was a mob yeah there was, was a little overwhelming it was there was too many people i walked in like normally an estate sale is busy right and it's winter right now mm-hmm. so you can't really have people wait outside but when we got there, there was already a line of people, like 15 people deep in a twin home. Yeah. And then the line, was, it was like Black Friday, yeah. the way the line was wrapped around the kitchen and people were in line then still shopping as they're going to the cash register. And, and the, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And the surprising thing about this sale was it, it wasn't like, I don't know, to me as a collector and somebody who's looking for old things i almost skipped over this yeah like the pictures that she um led with on this one there weren't i mean you could see a lot of like the nicky knack stuff Mm -hmm. and um but there wasn't it wasn't a teaser like we usually see from linda's because yeah um there was a lot of modern stuff but and it was it was a big range of stuff yeah like yeah, it was like a no, I don't want to say yard sale leftovers, but it was like four different houses in one house. Yeah, and she said it was um, multiple families, and mm. the woman had been divorced oh, one right. or two times. I can't remember, but um, like yeah. uh, I was telling you, I couldn't tell if these were like people who were very like worldly travelers <laughs> or wished. They were worldly travelers because there were so many art books, so many photography books. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different uh, types of collectibles. Like yeah. there was lots of fine china and then there was lots of brass and then there was lots of um, weird cooking things. And then I, it was interesting. It was. And th- those are the people you kind of want to sit down and be like, so what's going on here? Tell me why this is. What? And so we got some cool stuff. Um, we'll probably post about it. I, we yeah. just, it's been a busy think, yeah. day so far. Yeah. But it was it was good. And the one the the big ticket piece at the sale that everybody was going for was a lane buffet. Mm-hmm. Was it a buffet? No, it was um <laughs> Hutch. Yeah. But it doesn't look like But yeah, it didn't it didn't look like a it looked like um one of those hutches though that you would put like your china like your figurines in. Mm-hmm. It was big. It was way too big. Yeah. And it sold for, I think, $795. Which it was in uh, like really, really good but condition. Damn near mint. Did you get to see it when you first got there? I got there a little I late. I did see it when I first came in, but there were so many people trying to check out. I couldn't really look at it. Right. 
but it was really pretty. Yeah. There was some, we got some good things. Um, and one of the things that I looked for a little bit more at this sale was like the memorabilia that we talk about in Rebecca's episode, the mm-hmm. different photographs. And there were some photos at this house, but not anything to really write home about. No, like I got a postcard. Mm. I think it was like back in 1930s, I think maybe mm. of Ellis Island, but that was the only actual photograph. Yeah. Well, cause the thing that I, happens when people go to like from their house house to their second like town home before they're like either in a retirement home or whatever is it pair a lot of things down. And so I think what was in that house was the pair down and then the divorce pair down. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. It was really the, the, the stuff they kept, it was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. why did this make the cut? Yeah. But yeah, I was hoping for more uh, photos after talking to Rebecca because um, you can see the meaning in them now. Yeah. The way she explained what ca- like captured, captured them for her. I can totally see that now. Yeah. It's made me look at um, just even like things on different ephemera groups. Mm-hmm. a little differently of the importance. And then I had like a, a speaking of the importance of photographs, I had the craziest thing happen this last week with family history. Oh, yeah. I had, so I've talked about my great, great grandmother on several episodes. The one that is a suspected madam. Um, and I saw for the first time in my entire life, a picture of this woman and learned her name. Oh, you did? I didn't know you had a picture of her. Yes, I got a picture of her and her name. And there is, because one side of my family is LDS and all of the genealogy is done, I was able to go down like the best wormhole of family history, like all the way back to her parents who her father fought for, um, was in, fought in the Civil War. Holy crap. Holy crap. And the craziest thing I found out, so we've had two people on the show that are from Michigan. We've had Mm -hmm. the Rademakers and we've had Josh Yaney. And during both of those episodes, he said, I have family from Michigan, but I think they're from the bottom of the mitt. I don't think they're from the top of the mitt. And I was speaking with one of my aunts and I got to looking at my father's side of the family. And my maiden name is Winberg. And we got to looking and I went on the same family search website and went down my grandfather's side of the family. And then I just kind of started to cry, which I mean, surprise, but I get to it. And I found out that my grandfather's grandfather settled the upper peninsula of Michigan. That is so like, this just shows you (laughs) the universe is pushing you in a certain direction and puts you puts people in your places. And yeah, and the, like, the Michigan just, references that we've got yeah, with the show. That's like, that so, is definitely like a must go for us now. We have to. And it was so my family um, immigrated from Finland in the late 1800s. And they were one of the very first people in that part of the country. And they settled in Clark Township in Michigan. And my grandfather was born in Sheboygan. And there is a road in Clark Township that is Wimberg Road. So now That's I have awesome. on both sides of my family there's a Swenson Lane and a Wimberg Road. That's so awesome. It was it That's... felt it was really cool. That so the the Michigan connection we have of course Josh the Rademakers, but our stamp for our key fobs mm-hmm. that we had made was made by a Michigander in the Upper Peninsula by Ben from Dead Miners. Yeah. 
wild. Yeah. Wild. Super crazy. And so speaking of the importance of old photographs, so we talk about uh, different types of photography and this, this type particular type of photography comes up a lot in antique groups and just kind of across the internet in general and collectors in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about, of course, tin types, tin type photography. And these, this information comes from the Library of Congress. Ooh. In the late 1850s, there were two new types of developments of photographs, ambrotypes and tintypes. And these two formats came after the earlier, and excuse my pronunciation, daguerreotypes, daguerreotypes. 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 But were easier and cheaper to produce. Daguerreotypes took a long time to produce and a lot of different types of manipulation. Tintypes, originally known as ferrotypes or melanotypes, were invented in the 1850s and they were continued to be produced into the 20th century. The photographic emulsion was applied directly to a thin sheet of iron coated with a dark lacquer or enamel, which produced a unique positive image like the ambrotype. Tintypes were often hand-colored, so customers would purchase cases, frames, or paper envelopes to protect and display their images. Tintypes and ambrotypes found in cases and frames can be difficult to identify. A magnet will be attracted to the iron support, but if a sheet of metal is used behind the ambrotype, one could be fooled into thinking the image is a tintype. So there's the the fakes in the mm-hmm. counterfeit side of it. But yeah, the way tintypes were processed is what gives you that clear grayscale kind of image on an right. old photograph. And another, the other type of it is ambrotypes. Yeah, and so the ambrotypes, um, on the other hand, was patented by James Ambrose Cutting, um, and it was a process that came about 1854. Ambrotypes were most popular in the mid-1850s to mid-1860s. Carts de Vista and other paper print photography or photographs easily were manipulated um, are easily available for multiple copies. So this was like, you know, like the, this is, the manufactured side of yeah, before like it was a, really instant. Yeah. And so this was like, you know, when you get your school pictures, you have the same picture Here to, you go. And out to your family. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, an ambrotype is comp- um, comprised of an underexposed glass negative placed against a dark background the dark backing material creates a positive image. Photographers often applied pigments to the surface of the plate to add color, often tinting the cheeks and lip, uh, making the lips red, adding gold highlights to jewelry, buttons, and belt buckles. Ambrotypes were sold in either uh, cases or ornate frames to provide an attractive product and also to protect the negative with a cover um, glass or brass mat. That's just insane to me. Which you all have seen these pictures because these ones, I, you know, and I honestly think I might have a photograph of some or a photo book that my husband had rescued from a yard sale, I believe. Oh, lucky duck. <laughs> but also with these, they still had to stay like pretty still. Yeah. Those are the ones where. Um, you know, I remember going to museums as a kid and they would be talking about the photos mm-hmm. be like they would just have to sit still for 72 hours. And I was like, what? <laughs> How did they just sit still? I know I took a couple of photography classes in college and they would tell us the process. And I'm like, 
how do you get a child to sit still that long? They didn't. But have, if you yeah. look, some of them like their hands will be blurred or something like that because they had moved or something like that. I wonder what their parents were like off the side. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> if you move one more inch, we literally have one shot at this. <laughs> literally, we you cannot the farm on this picture, guys. <laughs> There was uh, an article I stumbled across that had the like pricing differential for these and like in the um, for tin types like they would transfer to like for oh my gosh currency rate for nowadays the smaller size one would have been like six dollars where the big tin types would have been 60. Holy shit. And modern day that's a lot of money whether it's old or new yeah. <laughs> money. And we, we talk about um, another type of photo in her episode about she mentions the decline of photo quality in the 70s yeah and um we were getting ready to record today and our editor he sent us he goes he just starts firing off all these texts about <laughs> photography from the 70s and he goes you should cover this in the curio corner and i was typing we should cover this in the curio corner and i just said jinx really quickly <laughs> but he was the one that brought this to our attention so we looked it up and this is just from several different articles because there was a lot of forums that were talking about this. Mm -hmm. And so we have the tin types, the ambro types, the different types of photography that was exposed in a dark room, right? So there was a big chemical process to expose the image. They were sometimes hand colored or the technician that was processing them could pick the colors that were being, that were more prominent. And in the seventies came the first like instant camera so you would have the film or you would have like a polaroid camera and what happened is because they were instant there was no photo processing that was being done by a technician and there was it was missing some different compounds like some different like silver halide crystal emulsions and different things like that but the dyes and the pigments used in the photograph weren't necessarily stable to like uv radiation so those pictures from the 70s that look really old and kind of poor quality look as such because they've just degraded over time because they weren't super stable. Which makes sense. I mean, if you want anything instant, it's not going to be around for a very long time. Well, and like I've taken a picture with a Polaroid camera and like, you know how they're like, don't shake it or shake it or whatever. <laughs> and you would end up, you take the one picture and you'd be like, well, fuck, we got to do that one more time. Mm -hmm. or if the film was compromised or all of those things we really live in like when you think about technology advan advancements and how many pictures we take now that are literally mean nothing oh yeah like i go through my phone at least i don't know every other month like deleting stuff like why in the hell mm -hmm. did i think i should keep this well and we you know my generation kind of started the taking pictures for the digital age and I look back on these photos now and I'm like, well, the quality kind of looks like shit, but also yikes on bikes. What was I doing? <laughs> and of course, we're talking about um, one of the favorite things from this episode, which was our reference to MySpace. <laughs> Where Sam just let us know her inner childhood thoughts. Yeah, I, of course, I just went <laughs> off as per usual. If you've been here long enough, you know the drill by now. Why me and our guests are usually staring at each other like, what is going What's on? What's happening? Well, it was, a, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And I remember it when I was in college. It was a big deal. Mm. Um, but I just am glad that this wasn't around when I was in um, 
my teenage years. Yeah. You don't want the painful memories like I have. So yeah, just like saying? I don't have to worry about it. Or, you know, the parties that you got went to and mm-hmm. then, you know, it's like, oh, God, yeah. what? Yeah, it was. So um, we got this information just from Wikipedia on MySpace. So MySpace is from Wikipedia. It had a significant influence on technology and pop culture and music. It was, for those of you new to the world, the first social network to reach global audiences. And it played this critical role in the early growth of companies like YouTube. It created this developer platform that launched across the successes of Zynga, RockU, PhotoBucket. I mean, millions, not millions, but hundreds of other websites that were directly influenced and created out of this first social network. Um, But despite an overall decline in 2015, MySpace still had 50.6 million unique monthly listeners or visitors and had a pool of over 1 billion active and inactive registered users. From 2005 to 2008, which was when I was using it, I was in high school, MySpace was the largest social networking site in the world, reaching more than 100 million users per month. And it's really, it was like the first type of where like a musician could have a MySpace page and put their music on it. Mm -hmm. And if they came across the right people could really take off. And that, yeah, this is where like the, the birth of social media and one oh, of the reasons yeah. they didn't, you know, continue to have success is they didn't really want to alter their platform like Facebook and Twitter have altered and continually added new um, levels. Features to, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Facebook Marketplace and groups and all of that stuff. But uh, MySpace wanted to just remain like being something for creatives and musicians and that kind of contributed to their downfall. And then it was sold like two or three times there's way too much information on the internet about myspace (laughs) but that is how my husband and i went to high school together but we didn't date and then he moved away we didn't talk for a while and then he wished me happy birthday on myspace and we started talking and at, at this time for the children that are listening you had to go out to a computer to check your social media you had to log into the university computer yeah i do well, okay, now that I know when the time frame was, I, let's see, Ethan and I were getting ready to get married. <laughs> nice. So, so I do, I do remember having one, not just, I just didn't use it, I think, because but, right after we got married, we had children. Yeah, well, it was just, you just, you just missed it. You just missed the cap for it. Yeah. Like, it was, like, on the verge of going out, and then Facebook happened. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, it was still one of the, I mean, you could talk to somebody across the world and that I think that was really one of the positives of it is bringing, you know, people closer together. Cause like you said, like he messaged happy birthday and it would mm-hmm. be like, what? and he was and in then, California where he lived at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we spoke for, I think, I don't know, five or six months on MySpace and then the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's uh, interesting to look back at the technological developments of the last half century. Yeah. I mean, um, it's like ridiculous how more advanced, like even like social media and Mm -hmm. like phones and like photography, especially like, I don't think the people who started photography ever imagined. No. That it would be digital. They couldn't even comprehend what digital was. 
Yeah, and that's a lot of because um, I have a few friends who are photographers for um, that they do for a living, and they talk about how hard it is to capture on a camera what you can do on an iPhone now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the technology and, is. Yeah, and like the practices aren't the same, and they they talk about how it's almost like a, a becoming a lost art because it's not the same when they first started photography. Yeah. I have um, one of my friends is a photographer and she chooses sometimes to shoot on film. And so she does digital at weddings and then she does film at weddings and like the nerve wrackingness of like waiting for her film to come back. Oh God. But it, the difference is staggering between and mm-hmm. still film, just the way it's processed, the details and the, the texture it picks up on itself naturally is incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. We were, um, we have Dustin, my husband collects old cameras and I have some old photography stuff that I've just had in the house that I'm going to have to pull out of storage and look at now. Yeah. To see what well, I wanted in an auction for like five bucks. Oh, good yeah. job. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. But um, Rebecca's episode, we, you know, there wasn't a lot that we covered that we felt like we had to revisit here in the curio corner. It's all pretty. <laughs> No, because I mean, these techniques are pretty, I mean, yeah, there's nothing. I could have maybe done a segment on like 90s nudes and eBay and garages, but. <laughs> and orcs. Yeah, orcs and things like that. <laughs> you know, just the run of the mill things. But this yeah. week we launched, or last week is when we launched our Patreon officially. And yes. we just wanted to say thank you to the patrons that have signed up. And joined our little <laughs> group here. We, for those of you that missed it last weekend, Jill and I went live to show you guys all of our Patreon perks. And uh, Patreon is something we decided to do to, we want to keep the show as ad free for as long as we can. Yeah. we And we want to um, give you guys little glimpses into, you know, what we do behind the scenes mm-hmm. and little extras here and there. And yeah, we wanted to give you guys an inside look. And we also wanted to give you guys a lot of stuff that if, you know, we were supporting something that would be uh, tangible goods that we would be interested in buying. I'm yeah. the type of person I have a severe FOMO with certain things. <laughs> and so I wanted to thank um, our current patrons personally. I want to thank Julia for signing up. Erica, TC Lionel, Mandy, and Melissa. Um, we had those patrons sign up within the first 12 hours. And Jill and I were apprehensive and nervous and excited to have this out in the world. Um, so thank you for mm-hmm. accepting it for what it is. Yeah. We really appreciate and it. supporting us because... I mean, we want to keep doing this as long as we can mm-hmm. and bringing you guys great things and eventually coming and, you know, traveling and meeting you and hopefully, you know, the vaccine rolling out and things like that, we can start to have a little bit of uh, regular life back. Yeah. I got the first one today. Woohoo. Yay. My arm hurts. Yeah. That's expected. Mm-hmm. So the tiers of the Patreon, for those that miss it, we're just going to run through them really quick here. We have the $5 mini mothballers. And that is 
So the $5 tier gets you early access to episodes. So every episode of the show will be released on the Patreon on Sunday every week. And they also will get a rotating sticker pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so then we have the $15 tier and that one. So we just keep adding on. So you guys will get the early access to episodes and a sticker packet. Plus you'll get um, a bonus episode once a month, um, a leather key fob made by our own Samantha. And Melissa. And Melissa, Melissa helped me make it. Well, she supervised me. Yeah. She made sure she didn't cut her fingers off. Yes. She guided me. And then we'll also give you guys a little close um, friends access on our Instagram. So you can kind of see more about our lives and, you know, the behind the scenes kind of stuff. What it looks like when we're thrifting and making things for the show. And yeah. um, our next tier is the $25 per month tier. And this is the Antique Aficionados tier. And this gives you everything mentioned in the previous tiers. So you get early access to episodes every Sunday, a sticker pack with rotating stickers when we add new ones to the Mothball family, once a month bonus episodes, that custom leather key fob, Instagram close friends access, and a custom Mothball tote that we have screen printed ourselves. Spellcheck is sewing them up. And these are all made from repurposed vintage linens yeah we um and we got some great linens from mm-hmm. riley of darling ditties and kyla and jasma and uh, jasma jasma Isma. <laughs> as combining names yeah uh, kyla and jasmine of um corkscrew curiosities mm-hmm. Um, the only really new thing on them, though, was the handles. So. Yes. We um, we were making the handles from the salvage edge of the fabric. But we figured we should probably add something just a little sturdier. <laughs> just a little bit. So yeah. we opted for uh, like natural fiber cotton handles. But yeah, so that those were a labor of love. So we love them. So we knew you guys would love them, too. And we're then so our fourth tier is the month mothball monarchs and that one's 35 dollars a month and so it's this and this one is only a limited number guys mm-hmm. so it's only 15 spots available yeah and there's 11 left so if you want on that you gotta get on soon but it's it includes everything so the early access to episodes a sticker packet the monthly bonus episode the custom leather key fob instagram close friends access the custom mothball tote and you get a mothball cocktail hour with Sam and I. Yes, once a month. Once a month. So we'll do a themed cocktail and we'll do an alcoholic cocktail and a non-alcoholic cocktail. Yes. And it's just like a little Q&A and sometimes we'll bring in an expert and you can talk to them or you can ask us questions. It's just something to give us, like give you guys something to kind of, get to know us better and we'd like to know our fans better too oh for sure i'm so excited to sit you know across the camera from our listeners and see who is uh listening to us ramble every single week yeah and the first theme for this first uh cocktail hour is near and dear to our sweet jill's heart and we're golden girls babe Yes, thanks to Tammy, who mm-hmm. sent me a Golden Girls uh, cookbook for Christmas. 
has some cocktail ideas in there. So we decided that will be the first first theme. theme. And you better believe that Jill and I are dressing up for that. So come prepared, guys. Come prepared. Come dressed up. <laughs> be ready come to go. Come have fun. Just have fun. It's yeah. we just it's just gonna be a chill, sit down, hang take a out. cocktail. Yeah. Hang Enjoy out. the <laughs> don't want to say enjoy the new year because it already sucks ass oh 2022 is gonna be great 2023 24 those those will be good too um i also wanted to ask everybody if they could rate and review the show on apple podcasts um rating and reviewing the show just puts it in apple's algorithm that the show is worth listening to Share us with your friends. Share us on Instagram. If you do share us anywhere or if you um, leave us a review, screenshot it and send it to us in our DMs on Instagram and we'll be sure to send you some stickers. Yeah. We appreciate the reviews. Um, We've gotten some really great ones that we really appreciate. We're just real thankful for you guys. Yeah. Super thankful. We wouldn't be here rambling (laughs) without you guys. You like us. Yeah. Come hang out with us. (laughs) And as always, you can find everything we talked about on today's episode on our Instagram, the mothball prophecies original. You can find it on our website, the mothball prophecies.com. You could watch us still try and figure out Twitter. You know, you never know. One of these days. We want to hear your stories. A couple episodes back, we had the first ever mothball mini go back, give it a listen, share your stories with us. You can submit those via our website. And as always, we hope you find some good shit. And we hope you remember to look under the tables. Bye. See ya.